0: Isaiah chapter nine. And we're going to read verses one through seven. We're going to focus though really on verses six and seven, all right? Isaiah chapter nine. Let's read our passage. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterwards did more grievously afflict her uh, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, and they that dwell in the land in the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation, and not increased the joy." they joy before thee according to the joy and harvest and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil for thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder the rod of his oppressor as in the day of midian for every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments roiled in blood but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire now so far he's painting a pretty grim picture Painting a pretty good And Israel's always in trouble. A couple of things that you notice there. You notice this It's talking about the land of Galilee. When you talk about Galilee, what do you instantly think about? You think about Jesus, don't you? You think about the land of Galilee because that's where Jesus was. Now, it's talking about that land. And then it goes on to say that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Because the people of Galilee did see a great light. God, in the flesh, come down to walk with men, to walk amongst men. And then he gives us that verse that we're so familiar with and we're thankful to Handel. And even if you don't like classical music, you know what? Um, some of the songs from, from, Handel's, uh, uh, from Handel just kind of have buried themselves in our, in our hearts. And this is one of them. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And in the middle of all the darkness that he's talking about, there's this great light that comes. And I think very often it's easy for us, who've known about the light all our lives, to miss this great light. To, to miss the understanding of what this great light brings into our lives, even for us as Christians. You, know, you get saved, and when you get saved, you know, you know nothing. You, but you get saved, and you're pretty excited. And then after a while, salvation just becomes kind of ho-hum for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm saved, and I'm going to heaven, and I'm, I'm different. But you know what? It's just who I am. And Christmas time is a great time for you to remember for you to think about this great light that came into the world. Because we need a great light. You know, I want to I say, if, ever, if, if there was ever a day when we need a great light, it's today. But you know what? I don't think that's true. I think every age has needed a great light. I think we're just very familiar with the problems and difficulties of our age. And so we're very focused on them. But I think every age has needed a great light. Every age Uh, has been in darkness and needed that light and the light has come into the world Then, verse seven of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of david and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the lord of hosts will perform this let's pray father would you bless your word to us lord lord we need you to open it up to us in a fresh way, to help us to see it differently, Lord, uh, to help us to glean some truth, Lord, something that's going to change us and make us more like your precious son. Oh, Lord, may we be a people that indeed walk in the light. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so... First point, uh, is a great light has come into the world, uh, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. We live in a very dark world. <clears throat> we can pretend it's not dark, but it is. It's dark. Why is it dark? It's dark because the curse has come into the world. And the curse came in, and it's affected everything. It's spread its way all, through all of life. It's, it's touched everything. And it's not that uh, everyone is as wicked as they can be. Obviously, that's not true. There is beauty even in the darkness because, you know, the image of God is still stamped on his creation, and there's still beauty. But everything in it is affected by the darkness. Sin and the curse are real. And from time to time, the darkness seems overpowering. The darkness just seems engulfing sometimes, and it seems like it's going to take over. Um, <clears throat> this week, Ori or, or we bought, bought a house down at Tinnaheli, so we have going back and forth, and <clears throat> coming back at night on dark country roads is a terrifying experience. Brian will tell you uh, he's lost several years of his life, uh, traveling back. But here's what's happening. You're driving along these roads. It's dark. If you don't know the road, you don't know where the bends are, and you're coming, ac- coming upon the bends and you're watching the road, and it's just, it's just difficult. It is just difficult. Uh, you know, there, there, there's, there, there's darkness. And we need light. Uh, uh, darkness scares us. Reasonably so, because you don't know what's out there. You don't know what's coming around the next bend. Uh, you, you know, you, you you don't know what's coming up, and the darkness scares us. We need a light. The nation of Israel lived uh, with great darkness. That was that was their lives. They, they they weren't supposed to. They were supposed to be a people who walked in the light of God's word and and who lived for Him, but they weren't. Uh, they kept turning away and going their own way, and so it got very dark in their lives. And we live in a dark world. We live where you know it's not just dark nights there's there's dark people there, there there's dark problems there there are difficulties in our lives that seem insurmountable at times. We live in a dark world, but a great light has come into the world now understand this it's a great light. you know we were driving through the countryside you know you'd you'd be it'd, it'd be Pitch black dark and you couldn't see anything in front of you except what your headlights were showing up and if you you, you had your your dimmed lights on you could see less. And then you'd come upon upon a little town all decked out for Christmas and there would just be a blaze of light in that town. The whole thing was lit up and for a few minutes as you passed through that town you could see everything really well. But then the darkness came back again. That's a picture of how we live in this world. And you see, the thing about it is that how we focus is going to be very important to us, whether we focus on the darkness or whether we focus on the light. At this point, Israel is going through troubled times. Now, Israel's problems were always caused uh, by the fact that uh, they turned from the living God, and they went their own way and did their own thing, and so there was always trouble. I mean, if you read the Old Testament, what you've got is you've got trouble after trouble after trouble. You've got moments uh, when things, are, things seem good for them because they're walking with God, and then they lose it, they go their own way, and things begin to fall apart for them <clears throat> again. Now, we're not Israel, but God is treating you and I as individuals in the way he treated the nation. The Bible says this, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And isn't it true? What we sow in our lives, we reap. When we sow in darkness, we reap darkness. When we sow in light, by the way, we reap light too. But, but what, what God does in our lives is the same thing as he did with Israel. When you're walking with God, doesn't, doesn't life seem good? Doesn't it seem hopeful when you're walking with God? Doesn't it seem like, you know what, this thing might work out well in the end after all? By the way, it will work out well in the end if you walk with God. But when you walk away from God, the darkness just kind of floods in again, doesn't it? And and God had an answer for Israel. And verse 6 and 7 is God's answer for Israel. God God has somewhere he wants Israel to focus. There's, There's going to be darkness in their world. That's just the way it goes but he has somewhere that he wants them uh, to focus. Uh, You see, where you put your focus in life is going to basically dictate your life. What you focus on is going to dictate your life. I'm I'm not talking about, you know, wishful thinking, and I'm not talking about uh, positive thinking like the way the world talks about it, but there is a reality that, as a man thinketh, so is he. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. What you focus on... Uh, is going to affect your life and dictate your life right now you see you can focus on the darkness and it's all darkness Do you ever do that Do you ever focus on the darkness you know you get hurt maybe you get bitter somebody does you wrong yeah listen that, that happens in a broken world that's going to happen you begin to focus on that, and you begin to focus, and and because you're bitter against this person, and they did you wrong, you know what, it begins to tinge and taint your view of everybody. Everybody looks dark to you. Everybody looks like they're out to get you. Everybody looks like they don't care. And you begin to let it spread in your life, and it all becomes darkness. <clears throat> Social media, by the way, will help you. I think we need to, by the way, we need to take into account social media and its impact upon all of us. And we probably need to talk about it from time to time now. Have you ever noticed this, that you know, <clears throat> when you're interested in something, all of a sudden it comes up on your newsfeed. Isn't that a miracle? Isn't it just providence, isn't it? No, it's not. It's an algorithm. If they've, they've actually geared it so that if you talk about something, if you search for something, they'll flood you with information about that. And you say, what's the problem with that? It helps me, stops me from looking at it. But here's the thing. What's happening to us is we're living in an echo chamber. We're hearing our own thoughts back to us all the time. We're just getting the same kind of information all the time because they're telling us what we want to think. If you're on social media uh, enough, what it's doing is it's influencing your thinking. And that's one of the reasons why we have such great division in our world today. You know, you know, you have people who believe one thing and believe that is absolute gospel truth, not in the t- sense of the gospel. And then you have people who believe another side of it and that is absolute gospel truth. And you wonder, how can they both be so convinced? Because each one is listening to their own thoughts, coming back to them and reinforcing their own th- thoughts. So you have to be careful. You have to be broad in your reading and in your understanding of things because social media will influence you and just keep giving you what you want to hear. Just keep giving you what sounds good uh, to you. So you got to be careful. Don't 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 listen. Don't buy into it. Don't buy into this one line of thinking. You know, we need to have discussions, and when I say discussions, I mean open discussions where we can actually talk about things without being, you know, before we start being one person in one corner, another person in another corner. That's no help to us at all. We need to be able to actually discuss to interact and discuss. And social media is pushing us to the place where we can't do that anymore. But the point I'm making here is that social media, if you start looking at life and though it's all dark and it's all mean and it's all terrible, you know what'll happen, what social media will do for you? It'll confirm it for you. Yeah, it is all dark. It is all terrible. It is all miserable. And that's not true. That's never true, by the way. It's never true that it's all darkness. There is darkness and you've got to accept that. You've got to kind of square up to that. You can't live in a world where you want to say, no, it's all light. It's kind of like, you know, going from Tinnahili, uh to Tala. You can't have all the lights of a town. You're going to have light and you're going to have darkness. It's going to go back and forth. You're going to, you're going to have uh, those, those issues. You, 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 you've got to recognize that. It's not all darkness, but it's not all light either. And you've got to live in a real world. You've got to live in a real world where, you know what, <clears throat> there's light and there's darkness. What God is doing for Israel here, he's saying this, I want you to look at a bigger light. Don't focus on the darkness in this world. Don't focus on the light of the world. I want you to focus on the light that I'm giving you. I'm giving you a light that's going to go over all of it. I'm giving you a light that will sustain you. I'm giving you a light that you can always have in your life. I'm giving you a light that will show up the darkness and expose the darkness and really just, you know, obliterate the darkness. God is giving you a light. But you have to focus on the light, not the world's light. Don't try and make it, make, make it all happy because, listen, you know what good things are happening and you're going to make good things happen. Don't, don't, that's not going to work. Because I guarantee you, as soon as you get the, get, the, the, get the good things going in your life, you're going to come around the corner and there's going to be something bad. And, and don't focus on all the darkness and say it's all dark. Some people do that, don't they? You get pretty grim because you focus on the darkness. Well, you know, if I focus on the darkness, I'm safe because it's going to be dark. No, don't focus on the darkness either. God says, I want you to focus on something much bigger. I want you to focus on something much brighter. I want you to focus on something that's much more powerful. And that's where our verse comes in. And um, that's, that, by the way... Uh, I, I, I can well understand uh, why Handel chose this verse and just got locked into it. It's a powerful verse. Uh, how many of you, and I'm not asking you to sing it, all right? I won't sing it for you either. Or save, you, save your blushes. How many of you, w- w- when we read this verse, you, you have the, the, uh, the, the, the way the verse is sung by Handel uh, in your mind? For unto us a child is born. Oh, listen! Look it up on look it up on Spotify and, and listen to it. You may not want to listen to the whole of Handel's Messiah, but there's some things you need to that in the Hallelujah course. Course, you listen. You got to listen to some of those things. They'll just go in, and what'll happen is you'll learn Scripture from listening uh, to, to to the way it was sung. All right. Okay. Um, so we're, we are in verse six here, right? For unto us a child is born. Right now. Uh, Actually, I should read the second part of it there too. Unto us a son is given. He is a child and he is a son. All right? He was a baby in the manger, but he was the son of God. He came to us as fully man and fully God. We've talked about that on Wednesday nights here for the last few weeks. But he came to us as fully God and fully man. This is the light that's come into this world. Everybody else that's walked in this world is... Just man, just woman. But when it comes to <clears throat> comes to this babe, he's not just man. This babe is fully God, a child, a son, and man. The only way to redeem us, the only way to reconcile us with God, the only way to take away the barrier that was between us and God, the only way to lift us from the darkness into his light was a child and a son. And that's what we're talking about at Christmas time. Don't get wrapped up in the child part of it. Understand it's a child and a son. I do think that we can look in the manger at Christmas and go, ah, beautiful little baby. Listen, beautiful little baby who was God. Didn't become God, he was God. A child and a son. And it says this then it says, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Now, that's speaking about the millennium when Christ will rule uh, from Jerusalem. But what of today? Who's actually in control today? You know, read really the news, it gets a bit scary, doesn't it? There are scary people out there in control. I think when I was, when I was younger, I, I, I don't know, I, I had this ability to believe that the people that were in control, they knew what they were doing. Long since lost that thought. Uh, Long since lost the thought that they knew what they were doing. Because as you read and as you see what people are doing, they're operating not with the goodwill of the people in mind. They're operating so often with what they think is right or what's going to benefit them or what's going to benefit some people that they're interested in. So you look at the way the world is ruled, and and listen, you know what? (coughs) It can make you scared. Listen, I don't think Michael Martin's a bad man. I just think he's doing the best he can as a man. What about Boris Johnson? I'm not so sure about Boris Johnson, to be honest with you. All right. What about Vladimir Putin? There is a man. Right? Uh, Elon Musk said this week, You know, he's, Elon Musk is the wealthiest man in the world at the moment, or the wealthiest man that we know about, and he said, yeah, he was rich, he said, but he's not rich like Va- Vladimir Putin. Uh, Putin can actually invade nations and he can't, and I thought, I'm kind of glad you can't invade nations, but I'm not very happy that Putin can invade nations either. There's a man that runs by his own Playbook. He's running it all uh, to suit himself and his ideology. What about Joe Biden? What about Xi Jinping uh, in, in, in China? I mean, there's a man that's got another playbook. He's running his world by his playbook. And all of these people are looking for power. And you know, we can look at the situation and we can think, oh my goodness, it's dark. Because these people are running it up. I want to remind you of something in the Old Testament. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar had power like Putin can only imagine. Nebuchadnezzar ruled his world. Without anybody standing in the way, he could do what he liked. He didn't have any high court. He didn't have any electorate to worry about. He was king. He was a king in the old style of kings, and he just ruled in his world. And and God humbled him. God God, God humbled him because he didn't recognize God, and and he had Daniel, and he had those boys there, and he didn't recognize any of that. So, So God decided that he was going to actually take Nebuchadnezzar and bring him to a place where he knew there was a God. And so Nebuchadnezzar's power was taken from him. Uh, His sanity was taken from him. Uh, He went out in the fields for seven years to eat like a cow. Uh, He grew hair. uh, He ate grass. I mean, uh, it was pretty bad. And after seven years, he came back in and he was restored to his power. Just as God had told Daniel... And Daniel had told Nebuchadnezzar uh, he would. Now, let me read you you what he says in Daniel chapter 4. At the end of days, and he's talking about the end of all this time. I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High. And I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, What doest thou? And verse 37, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth, and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. What's he saying there? Listen. There is a king. I'm the king of the world. I I rule the world from my little perch here in, in Babylon. But you know what? There is a king who is far above me. He is an everlasting king. He rules in the affairs of men. Nobody can say no to him. Nobody can stop him from doing what he wants to do. And he does as he likes in the affairs of men. And his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Now understand this. We have all these people who claim power in our world. And they do have a measure of power. We can't deny that. But we need to understand that the babe in the manger is a governor. He is a king. He rules in the affairs of men. And nobody can stop him. When Jesus stood before Pilate, uh, Pilate said to him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above. You know what? Pilate thought he had power over Jesus and Jesus said, you couldn't have any power except dad gave it to you. You know what? There's a king that rules in the affairs of men. And he doesn't dwell in a house on earth. And he doesn't rule the way we think. Not a sparrow falls from the air. The government shall be upon his shoulders. Now, You know what that means? That means the government's not on your shoulders. You don't have to rule this world. Jesus can bear the full weight of the world and all its problems. Many of us need to resign as general manager of the universe. Uh, Are you worn out from trying to help your children and your grandchildren and take care of your parents and get your co-workers shaped up? Are you exhausted from trying to repair the broken people and the messed up situations all around you? No wonder you're tired all the time. You're not God. You can't do it. You can't take that weight. The government is on somebody else's shoulders. It's on Jesus' shoulders. In one of his sermons, Walt Gerber mentioned a plaque hanging on his wall. uh, Walt, do not feel totally, personally, irrevocably responsible for everything. That's my job. Love God. Listen, that's important for you and I to get on board, to understand. Listen, we don't rule the world. We live in his world. We live at his will, if you like to put it that way. We don't rule. We're not in charge of the world. Isn't that great? I love that. I don't have to be in charge of the world. I don't have to be in charge and work it all out and make it all happen. I, I, can, think of, I, I, I can think of more problems than could ever happen. And you know what? He's in charge of them all. He can work it all out. You can rest. You can relax. The government's not in control. You knew that, didn't you? <laughs> uh, the government's not in control. Uh, they, they don't have it. You know, <clears throat> we're living in a world where, you know, years ago, maybe 100 years ago, everybody had an idea of God. Now, it was, sometimes it was a whack-brained idea of God. Now, it was not theologically correct and all the rest of it, but they had an idea of God. Now we look at our governments, and it's godless. I don't mean it's wicked in every sense of the word. I mean it's without God. It's just without God. You know, and we, we, we look at our government, and, and you know, We can get really concerned and really upset that they're making all these choices and all these decisions, and God's left out of the picture completely. Listen, God's never left out of the picture because he is the big picture. He is the big picture, and he is working it all out to his ends. There's no part of this world that God's not involved in. There's no part of this world that the baby in the manger is not in charge of. So understand that we're not a sea in a barrel. You know that, you know that thought where you're sea in a barrel you're just going up and down? No, we're not. There's a God who's in charge of everything. Sometimes we act as though God needs help, our help to run His world. He doesn't. You can resign. You can let go of that. God doesn't need your help to run His world. He's able to run His world just fine. You say, but it's not run the way I would expect it to be run. Listen, you know what? He doesn't have to, because he's God. He runs the world the way he sees fit, and he takes all things, and he works all things together for good. So you and I can relax. We can actually take a break over Christmas. We can put the, the, the running of the world in God's hands and, and leave it in God's hands and stop fussing and fretting and fighting with each other over things that really aren't all that important, because we have a Father who's in charge of all of it. Nothing is outside God's plan. He has it all under control. One day you and I will stand with him in heaven, and all of it will make perfect sense. All of it will make perfect sense. He's called wonderful. Uh, You know why God put that word, word in there? Because Jesus is wonderful. You see... You can look at the darkness of the world and you can look at the meanness in people and you can look at the twistedness and the brokenness and all the rest of it. And you can look at that and you can get very depressed. But I guarantee you this. You lift your eyes onto the lovely Lord Jesus. And you know what? Your heart will soar. That's worship. Because as you see him for who he is, He is altogether lovely. No no blemish in him at all. He is love so that there is no hatred. He will never treat you meanly. Sometimes you might feel like he does. He will never treat you wrong. He will never do you wrong, ever. Ever. He is the lovely Lord Jesus, and, and when you when you take your eyes off the world and the, and and you know and all, all the brokenness and and all the curse and, and you lift your eyes and you you look onto Him, your heart lifts. You go. You know what? Everything's okay with the world. It's okay be, because of Jesus, because He is wonderful. He is also the Counselor. Wonderful counselor. I need a counselor. I'm be, I am bewildered by a modern world. I am absolutely bewildered by it. I, I, I look at some of the things people do and I think, now, what, what planet does that make sense? Let me give you, give you for instance. Uh, you have children uh, being asked to decide whether they're boys or girls, right? Now, we would not trust those same children to put a coat on when it's cold. We would go out and make them put on a coat, but we're, they're being trusted to decide whether their boys are. What planet does that make sense on? I mean, we, we had a big meeting um, in Scotland recently, and uh, they were going to sort out the world climate problem. They were going to dial back the temperature of the world. Do you know they've been doing that for the last 20 years, and they haven't succeeded? And they, they keep coming out with these plans, and they keep coming out with these expensive uh, ideas of how they're going to dial back the temperature, and the temperature's going up. They haven't been able to do it. And you know the problem? The problem is not, listen, I, it's not whether climate change is real or not. I think the temperature is, is going up. Why it's going up, that's, that's up for grabs uh, scientifically. But you know what's really wrong with the situation? They're trying to control God's world without reference to him. How are you going to do that? He created it. He sustains it. He's in charge and in control of it. And and I I look at the decisions people make and I am just absolutely gobsmacked. We live in a world where virtue uh, is called sin and sin is called virtue. We live in a very confused day. And it's confused basically because there's no God in it. But you know what? We have a counselor when you get confused and you get your head all messed up by the things that are happening in the world, you can come to the counselor and he will straighten you out. He will get your thinking straightened out. He will get your focus straight. He will put you in the right place. Um, this is a time of need. Maybe, maybe we're more needy this year than we were last year. I, I think that's probably true. Maybe we we're more needed, but, but, but this time last year we were looking forward with hope and there was going to be vaccines and the COVID was going to be gone and everything was going to be moving forward. And now here we are again and they're telling us we may be going into the worst part of it. Right? And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, isn't, isn't this deja vu again? Didn't, didn't we do this last year? How, how come we're doing this again uh, and this year? You know what? The government isn't in control. It can't control things. And yet God says to you, listen, come to me. Come to me and I will counsel you. And you know what? You can spend time with him. And as you spend time with him, talking to him and listening to him, you know, the stress and the strain and the despair of the darkness just kind of flow out of you. Because he's in charge and he is the wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. Nothing shall be impossible for him. He is the everlasting father. You know, all great men grow old and die not just great men, by the way, you and I, too. We we pass. We pass through this world, and we're gone. And after a while, people will forget us. Our names will be on a gravestone somewhere, and people will go, maybe shed a tear from time to time. Uh, But we'll go. Our power, our influence will go. But but he is the everlasting God. He's in charge of all of us you and I think we're so significant in his world. We're not. He's in charge. He's he's working all of it out. He is the prince of peace. Only Jesus can bring peace to your soul. You won't find peace under the Christmas tree this year. You won't find peace in the wonderful food that you're going to eat. You won't find peace in all the friendship and the camaraderie around you. Be nice. And listen, good company is good. But you won't find peace in that. But you will find peace in Jesus because he's the Prince of Peace. He will bring peace to your soul. And By the way, do this over Christmas. Spend time with the Prince of Peace. Spend time getting your your head rearranged and, and, and getting yourself put in the place where you're actually able to look into his face and enjoy his presence. And the increase of his government, there shall be no end. You know what? <clears throat> um, his government is going to just consume all of it. Daniel gave us a picture, and he gave us a picture of the kingdoms of the world. And then he gave us a picture at the end, of it, and a great stone came and crushed them all. That's Jesus. He's going to take over and rule the whole thing. It's his. He owns it. He's going to rule the whole thing, and he's going to rule it well. So where's your focus this Christmas? <clears throat> if you focus on the lights, it's going to be rough after Christmas. All the happy time, and it's wonderful, and you get got the Christmas tree and everything else, and it's wonderful and exciting and fun, and all the family and friends and everything else. And that becomes your focus, and the presents and the gifts and, and everything else. And then you come to January, and there's this huge slump for people. Because they were all focused on the on the on the lights of the world. If you focus on the dark, it can get very dark indeed. It can get really depressing. But you know what? God wants you to focus on the child who rules the world from the manger. Wants you to focus on Him, on Him who has control of all of it. You can't resist His power and win. You can't. It's impossible. He will not twist your arm and make you come to him. But understand, he's in control. You can't resist him and win. It's impossible. He is God. The only reasonable response to the baby in the manger is to to surrender to him. You're the king. That's what the shepherds did. They came and they stood around and they worshiped. That's what the wise men did. These, these, these wise men, these, these kings came and, and they, they, they worshiped him. That's the only reasonable response to this baby. That you bow before him and you worship him because you can't resist his power. But you know, if you will humbly come to him, he'll give you a place at his table. He'll make you a son. Make you a daughter. He'll give you a place with him. Believer, don't focus on the lights of the world. Focus on the light that will take over everything. Look, enjoy Christmas. Enjoy this next week. I know it's kind of frantic. But enjoy all of that. But don't let the lights and the fun of Christmas be what floats your boat. Jesus is the only thing that can float your boat. You know, talking about the lights that were on the road coming back, it was, it was scary at times. You know, you'd hit those dark spots with bends and all, and you couldn't see where you were going. Then you'd hit the lights, and then you'd hit the dark spots again, and it was scary. But, you know, last night was a full moon. Last night, four o'clock in the morning, I walked out on our deck, and the whole country was lit up. I could see the mountains. I could see the cabin where Beth and Josh are living. Listen, like it was daylight. The moon was that bright that it was showing up everything. You know, the light that Jesus brought into the world is much brighter than that. It shows up everything. That's why when you walk in the light, you have nothing to fear. And there's only one light that leaves you with nothing to fear. That's Jesus. Let's stand for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your word to us. We thank you, Lord, for this son that was born, this child that was given. Oh, Lord, we do ask you now, would you just work in our hearts, make it real to us, Lord. May it not be, Lord, that we miss the reality and the truth of what you want to do in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen.